0: Matt, step a simple question. What week is it?
1: Uh, it's a week where regular season games are being played while playoff games are being played.
0: So, do you want to try to put a number on that, or? Uh, uh,
1: I think it's thirteen. I'm pretty sure it's thirteen.
0: Maybe we'll never know. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper.
1: And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank
0: you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider tuning into this. Uh, I don't know. It's the it's the November 17th edition of Tep and Step, and we're talking about big school games happening this week. How's that?
1: Something like that, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's either week 13 or week 9, depending on your mileage, um, uh, but its uh, we we're here talking big schools. If you are a small school fan and you missed our uh, area round preview, you can go and listen to that. That should be in your feed right now. Lots uh, of great games. It, a lot of great games. A lot of great games here, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, is, it is a decidedly better slate across the board this week, pretty much at every level.
1: It is. It is. It's good games okay. this week.
0: So, I don't, you know I don't like to do this, but I need to compliment a member of our team. Oh. You know I don't like to do this.
1: No, you don't. you, You are a taskmaster boss.
0: That's what I am. It pains me to say that Ashley Pickle is doing really good work. And that she's an important member of the team, and I would I would appreciate it if you didn't let her listen to this podcast and hear me say that.
1: Yeah, definitely. But,
0: but the thing is, so I just had to shoot. So if if you if you missed it, if you've been under a rock, I'm in quarantine right now. I'm fine. I'm fine. But I'm I'm uh, abundance of caution. I have been exposed to somebody who's positive, and so I'm 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 staying away from people. Yes. And so pickle, pickle, yeah. So pickle drops off video equipment at my house so that I can shoot. The picks video, because uh, we got, you know, people need their content. Just because yes. just because I'm stuck at home doesn't mean that, uh, you know, that's no excuse.
1: High school football it, don't stop.
0: No, it don't, it don't. It don't care about what I think. Um, anyway, so I had to set up. Normally, Pickle sets up, like, the lights and the microphones and the cameras, and I just have to sit and be a big doofus on camera. Mm-hmm. Dude, let me tell you the intricacies of all of that nonsense it gives me a new appreciation for what she does i knew she worked hard and i knew she had a lot of like technical like uh know-how and talent but uh uh this is this is like mom leaves you home and you have to like uh you have to figure out breakfast by yourself Uh and so suddenly like the whole kitchen's on fire Big, 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 big batch of that energy this week, because uh, because that's that's a lot of doing, and I did I I barely got through it
1: basically. Pick, Pickle's pretty awesome. Let's you know I'll go ahead and say it since you won't. She's pretty awesome. Mm, well, I. We wouldn't get it, half the crap done that we get done without her. Oh so no,
0: no, no doubt about that. that shout is, that out is... Ashley Pickle. Yes, that's true, uh, but. Anyway, we will have a picks video, two picks videos coming at you this week because Texas high school football don't stop. Speaking of Texas high school football not stopping, it is time for this week's preview edition of TEP and STEP, the week 9-13-whatever-you-want-to-call-it. This is America. You can call whatever you want uh, for the big schools, for 6A and 5A. And as we mentioned off the top, last week's slate fair this week's slate I would say much better.
1: It's a lot better this week. There's there's some games that really have uh that, that are straight up for district titles, others that are that have maybe not exactly for the district title but it could be depending on results of other games and all of them have major playoff implications so 100 um, we're you know a lot of these districts because they built in by weeks are moving towards the end of their season uh in the next two weeks so these games are really the, the importance of these regular season games is increasing by the week
0: yeah we're starting to get a little bit of uh we're starting to get a little bit of um, uh, importance in these. And so that's, that's what's going to make this fun. And so we're going to do our game draft. we go back and forth, if you're unfamiliar. Step and I go back and forth, selecting which games we're most excited about uh, in uh, this week of Texas high school football. Uh, once a game is picked, is off the board. We'll go three rounds. And, yeah, I guess we can still do Hipster Game, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I got a Hipster
0: Game. Yeah, okay. okay, good. We'll have our Hipster. We'll round it all out with our Hipster Game of the Week. We did Coin Flip before the show. Step won the coin flip, and as a result, he gets the first pick this week in the big school draft. Step, which game are you taking at
1: 1-1? It was tough this week. There, there were some really good games. Um, there's,
0: about, there's about four contenders
1: for the top spot, yeah. I would say. I'm going to go to Houston uh, Friday night at Freedom Field in Iowa Colony as the district title, and I believe this is District 22-6A? if memory serves me correctly, 22-6-A. I'm double-checking my numbers now. 23-6-A, sorry, 23-6-A. As the paraland Dawson Eagles visit The Shadow Creek Sharks in a game that's been rescheduled three times. (laughs) And it is a top – it's a top 20 matchup in Class 6A as uh, Shadow Creek comes into this week at number 12 in our state rankings and Dawson comes into our ranking – this week at number 19 in our state rankings. Um, This game was originally supposed to be played in October, but Shadow – I think it was was supposed to be the district opener. Uh, And Shadow Creek had some COVID issues earlier and had to move the game originally back to – I believe it was December the 4th. Um, and cause the district did build in a couple of bye weeks at the end of the schedule. Well then, uh, because the A-Leaf schools, Hastings and Taylor have had COVID issues, Shadow Creek and Dawson were supposed to play, uh, Hastings and Taylor respectively this week, respectively this, this week. So, uh, Shadow Creek and Dawson said, you just want to go ahead and get this thing out of the way and play next week. And so they decided to schedule the game uh, on Friday night. Um, so you got you, you've got you know the teams have had a full week to get ready for this game. Uh, Dawson comes in at eight and 6 and zero in district. Uh, Shadow Creeks four and two. They're four and zero in district. They haven't played as many games because they had some games pushed back. They'll they'll make those up the last couple of weeks. Uh, and for Dawson, this is their last regularly regularly scheduled regular season game. Um, they could pick up a game in the last two weeks just to get ready for the playoffs. They just could take the next two weeks off and uh, gear up for the postseason. So it's a little bit weird the way the scheduling worked, uh, but one thing that, that's for certain in this ball game is you're going to see two really fast and really physical defensive units uh, taking the field. Uh, Shadow Creek, um, you know, beat Pearland last week, 20 to six. That was a real big win for the Sharks to get to this game. And I thought, you know, for, af- after allowing that first quarter touchdown to Pearland, uh, Shadow Creek's defense has completely uh, shut down a pretty good Pearland offensive attack. And uh, offensively, you know, Kyron Drones, you know, a couple of big plays in the passing game. That was all the Sharks needed uh, to get that win. But that was a very, um, you know, Shadow Creek hasn't played a lot of those kind of games because at the 5A level, they were just so dominant over their district opponents, they really didn't get pushed very much. So for me, it was nice to see Shadow Creek. Play someone in their weight class at the 6A level and win kind of a, a, a ugly slugfest kind of game uh, against a good Paraland squad. Um, Dawson, on the other hand, they uh, you know the, the last six weeks or so their defense has just been shut down good. Uh, they've yes. allowed five five point five points a game, uh, and that's not just against the ALE schools. They they allow six points against Paraland. They they shut down straight Jesuit in their win. Uh, this is a really good Dawson defense. Um, you know, they didn't get pushed last week, sixty-five to seven over Elsick. Not really going to learn a lot uh, about that game from Dawson. But but what strikes me about Pearland-Dawson is, is we, as much as we've talked about some of the really elite teams in Houston, we have not talked about Pearland-Dawson at all. And I think they yeah. kind of like it that way. They, they kind of fly under the radar. No one really talks about them. You know, they're in the state rankings, but they're kind of hanging around in the 20s and kind of low teens, that kind of thing. Well, well, this week, this is the chance for them to, to make their mark on the statewide radar. Because you beat Shadow Creek, you finish the regular season unbeaten. You got wins in your pocket over Pearland and Shadow Creek. I think that starts to get uh, some, some attention on a statewide level. Now, the problem for Dawson is in the playoffs, they're going to be Division One, And you yeah. throw them into that brutal Division One bracket, it's going to be tough. But uh, I think this is a great measuring stick game for both programs. I lean to Shadow Creek. I think their offensive playmakers are just a bit too much. And they got the dude at quarterback. They got the guy in Kyron Drones, um, and I think that's that's just the the difference maker in this game is, uh, is is drones and his ability to make plays for the Shadow Creek offense.
0: Yeah, I love this game. Um, I can already tell you because I just recorded the picks video that I said it was at Pearland ISD Stadium, which is wrong. So it's a, it's in a it's a Freedom Field. Um, but so Shadow Creek, it's interesting because they're coming off of I think what is undoubtedly their biggest win as a 6A program, like beating Pearland. I know I don't think Pearland is special this year, right? But they're still good. Like yeah. Pearland's Pearland's bad years are still very solid. You know what I mean? Yeah, even in um, a bad
1: year Pearland's going 9 and 3.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the standard that's been set there. And uh you're right, the defense was the difference. Um I mean, you talk about a one-two punch here cuz you're right. Dawson's running the ball really well. <laughs> torrence burgess and jaden stewart have been great um and then what does dawson do you know i think there is a fair argument to be made that this is the best offense that dawson's dawson's seen this year um in fact yeah i'll go out on that limb um i mean they played clear falls and Cy falls and in in, in in non-district and they've gone to yeah. the district and you know i mean who's, well, who's well, the
1: clear falls is a solid right off. they're solid they're a playoff team you know they're going to finish third in that district you know they're not terrible yeah. but it's not a big this this would be clearly their their best win of the year i think
0: oh absolutely um you know but th- kind of similarly you know it's funny that like here's a here's a weird take i think there's a fair argument that shadow creek has beaten all the teams they should be and none of the teams they shouldn't you know what i mean like they have losses to north shore and bridgeland I think it's fair to say that North Shore is definitely better than Shadow Creek. I don't think that's a knock. I think North Shore is, you know, the, we have the number one in our 6A rankings. Mm-hmm. I think there's a fair argument to be, to be made that Bridgeland— Now, that was a close game, I think there's dry. a fair argument
1: be and- made— That was at that game. Drones didn't play in that game. That's the one big asterisk you can put on on the Bridgeland game is that Drones didn't play in that game.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, I I think they're right around that level right now in the 6A ranks. Like, if you want to put Bridgeland and and Shadow Creek on that same tier, I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the rest of the games they've played, it's like even last week, computer had them as fifteen-point favorites over Pearland, right? Like they have. This is a big test for them, and 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 if they're going to come out and beat Dawson, I think if they go back-to-back wheats beating Pearland and Dawson, that's that's a feather in your cap. That Absolutely. is a that is that is navigating the the toughest waters, so to speak, uh, in the um in in that district. So I think that's a fantastic matchup. I think it's an excellent pick. All right. I'm going to go with another one of those games that I think is certainly on that level that could certainly go number one overall. And that would be what's going down seven o'clock Friday in Mansfield at Vernon Newsom stadium as the Alito Bearcats take on the Mansfield Timberview Wolves. This game has been rescheduled,
1: right? Yeah. It was supposed to take place last week yeah. uh, Did- and, or no, two weeks ago. It was supposed to take place two weeks ago and it got moved to this week.
0: So, so look, I guess my a lot of this game comes. Your pick on this game comes down to superstition, and here's what I mean by that. Alito's got the longest district winning streak in in the in the state in state history. By the way, state yes. history yes. they've won 90, 92 in a row, uh, and their last district loss was two. Uh, that would be Everman, sir. Ah, the mighty the mighty New Everman block. Yes, yes, have to make sure we mention that. I was but at that was, in two, I was that was in two thousand seven.
1: Yes, 2007. I was was there. 2007. I wasn't married yet.
0: I was four years away from working for Dave Campbell's. I (sighs) was in college.
1: That's a long time ago.
0: I was in college. My wife and I had just started dating. Like, anyway. Long time. They've dominated their district. But that said... Like, let's, let's have the uncomfortable conversation on the premium podcast, because here's the uncomfortable conversation. When's the last time Alito was in a district with any sort of team that could challenge him like this?
1: It's, you know, it, in the 13 years, it's probably happened, you know, there, were, there was a couple of years when Everman went to the regional finals that Everman was decent, and Everman played him within 14, 21 points. Right. Okay. Uh, Other than that, I mean, Midlothian last year took him to overtime. But I don't really think – I think that was more of an upset than anything else. I don't think Midlothian was really in Alito's weight class that year. They just – they played a really good game, and they played a a funky style that gave Alito some trouble. Um, Right. It's – Timberview to me is in Alito's weight class. Oh, decidedly. Like
0: like here's here's a perfect example, okay? I just pulled up a random schedule. This is from 2016, okay? This is who Alito beat – in Their district okay, okay, they beat Chisholm Trail, mm-hmm. Saginaw, Azle, Northwest Eaton, who at that point was maybe in their I'm second new, year of existence,
1: in, in first or second year, yeah, that was yeah,
0: Brewer, Justin Northwest, who was decent, and then Boswell, who was decent, like, but. Like who, like the computer had them, the, the, the computer had their closest game at 21 points. Like the bottom line is that like and I'm not again Alito's obviously had terrific teams it's but not at their the same fault. time
1: <laughs> it's not the their fault the, input.
0: it's yeah, no it's not their fault but like this district winning streak has never has not been tested in a real way in a while basically aside from like stunners like when Midlothian gave him a run I think but I tweeted I
1: think, the, the week the game was supposed to happen I think I tweeted out since 2007 they've only played like I think 6 or 7 district games within 3 touchdowns yeah. And it's incredible the dominance that they've had over, over I mean, I mean, you think about it, in ninety-two games, they've played six or seven games total within and I set the bar at three touchdowns. Three touchdowns yeah. is a pretty significant margin anyway. Um so that and that just gives you an idea of the dominance Alito's had.
0: So so but here's Timberview, okay? Because Timberview, I think you're right. The words weight class and Timberview's in their weight class. Um this is a team that has won every, every different styles of games, but the way that they do business, the way that they do business, I think that defense is nasty, man. Yeah. I think really, that defense really fast defense. They're going to be deep, able to
1: keep up with, with, uh, with Jojo Earl and then those Alito skill players. Right.
0: Like, Rom Stevenson, Terrell Tillman, Landon Hullaby, they got dudes in that secondary, and they got dudes that can play. Plus, they got a great quarterback in Simeon Evans. They've got a, a, a strong running game with Deuce Jones. And let's also not forget that Alito is still working in a lot of new pieces. There's still sophomore racing. quarterback,
1: you know. Yes, There's
0: sophomore quarterback. They've moved DeMarco Roberts to running back. The defense is now like it's a bunch of juniors, it's a bunch of juniors. And, and yeah, look. I ain't picking against Alito. <laughs> like all of that is to say, I ain't picking against Alito because I ain't picking against a 92 game district winning streak.
1: Going with the odds well, here, yeah, going with the odds. what
0: I will say is that if you have penciled this in as oh, just another Alito district win, this is different. This is a different game.
1: And Alito, keep in mind, Alito hasn't played in in two. hasn't played a game since. It'll be almost three weeks since they've played a game because they they had to postpone on Timberview due to, due to their COVID issues. And then last week's game against Joshua uh got canceled due to COVID issues at Joshua. So Alito's gonna have may potentially have a little rust in this game while Timberview uh, will be a little bit sharper because they played they scheduled a game late last week against Dripping Springs. And a, a, and, a solid Dripping Springs team. And that game was forty eight to six at halftime. Yeah. Timberview Blue Timber the final score is fifty five to twenty eight. That game was forty eight, six in the half. It was over at halftime. Timberview and that's a that's a district champion team in Driftbig Spring Springs more than likely. That just shows you how good Timberview is. That's yeah, um,
0: I'm I'm excited about this one, man. I think this one's fun.
1: Um, keep an th- eye on this game Friday night, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think this game's fun, and, and I think that, you know, look, by the way, and again, it comes back to superstition. To bring it all full circle, the superstition is, yeah, they've got a 92-game winning streak, uh, district winning streak, uh, but go ask uh, Katie about district winning streaks. Go ask Houston Lamar about district winning streaks.
1: This has been the year for long district winning streaks to come to it's, an end. There's a third so, one come to an end.
0: So if if they do, I mean, dude, how weird would it be if Alito wasn't the top seed?
1: It, you know how, you know how weird it would be. I think it would, it would be so weird that if Alito wasn't the top seed, they would potentially play potentially play Ennis in the second round of the playoffs.
0: <laughs> oh my God. So yeah. needless to say, a lot on the line going on at Vernon Newsom Stadium at seven o'clock on Friday night. What is your second pick?
1: Well, speaking of the Ennis Lions, let's go ahead and move into District 8 5 Division Two, as we have another district title on the line as it's Unbeaten Ennis taking on Unbeaten North Forney in a juicy, juicy Thursday night regular season game at Citibank Stadium. Uh, then this is these these two teams cruised in their zones in, in 858 Division Two won their districts with ease and this is the game that I think everyone everyone's been waiting to see because ever since North Forney, um started the year with that upset win over Lone Star um, we've been kind of keeping an eye on the Falcons. And they've, for the most part, took taken care of business. They've, they've been dominant in the games they should be dominant in. They, they got pushed a little bit by Brewer uh, to close that non-district. But looking back, you know, looking at what Brewer's done this year, we can tell Brewer's much improved this year. Uh, they got a solid win over a 6A Little Elm, and then they got into district play, and they, they've, they've just dominated. They, they blew out Corsicana 42 to nothing last week, did what they had to do. They've won their last four games by an average margin of 37 points per game. Uh, pretty solid, right? Well, then you look at Ennis, who's 6-0, and and in their six games, the average margin of victory is 42.6 points. God almighty. And that's wins over Mansfield Summit, Waxahachie, Red Oak included in that. And those are three good teams. I mean, is a 6-8 playoff team this year, and Ennis beat them 38 to nothing. Just uh, to me, I saw, t- and I was telling another guy this this morning pound for pound so far this year, aside from Mart, I don't think anyone has been as impressive as Ennis, just looking at their mm. body of work. It's really, really impressive how, how dominant the Lions have been. Um, and North Forney has been really, really close to being dominant as well. And so I think this, this matchup, I mean, here's the thing about District 8 and District 5 you're, you're going to get a couple of absolute bangers in the area around because the loser of Alito Timberview is more than likely going to play the winner of Ennis North 40 in the first round. And the loser of Ennis North 40 is going to play the winner of Alito in the second round. Excuse me. The loser of North 40 Ennis is going to play the winner of Alito Timberview in the second round and on the other side of the bracket. Those are yeah. area-round playoff games. And North Forney scrimmaged Alito. Uh, and that was that was kind of our first indication of how good North Forney was going to be because they went toe-to-toe with Alito in that scrimmage. And Tim Buchanan was like, we haven't had a scrimmage like that in a long time. So I, I think that just kind of showed how North, how good North Forney is. They've got some Division one players. they got some talent on this team. Um, and Randy Jackson, great coaching matchup here between Sam Harrell and Randy Jackson, uh, two coaches who have won a lot of football games in their time, <coughs> excuse me, and have come up through their systems uh, and, and d- done wonderful things. You know, Sam Harrell's got the state championships, and Randy Jackson's really uh, shown the ability to turn a lot of programs around. So I'm really fascinated by this matchup. I like Ennis. I think, because, see, North Forney last year did not make the playoffs. Their kids did not get that big game experience um, last year because they battled through a lot of injuries, and they, they just missed out on the postseason. Ennis played in all these big games last year when they went to the regional finals and lost Toledo in overtime. Colin Drake and that offense, they've been there, done that. And I think the big game experience in this one really works in Ennis' favor. So that's why I like the Lions to win the game.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Because the thing is, um, and, and and I talked a little bit about this on TFT, but like part, a big problem with Ennis right now is that we are more or less projecting out off of a game that happened in week one that by far their best result in my opinion is the win over Red Oak on the road at Red Oak when they pummeled them and that by the way that's another example that game was that game finished 52 21 not that close mm-hmm. not that close Um, and so like we have not seen them get pushed in Two months? It, yeah, like What I want to see is, can North Forney push them? And I do think, one thing that's going to be interesting, uh, what I'm very interested in, is can the North Forney offensive line hold up against Ennis's defensive front? Because their defensive front is ferocious. Their defensive front is probably...
1: Yeah, probably front, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the best in the state, if not the best.
0: All, do, all due respect, all due respect, uh, like, to Colin Drake, that's their best That's the best part of their team. Uh, It's easy to look at Sam Harrell and be like, oh, yeah, he's got a great quarterback. They're going to throw the ball. And it's like, that's true. But, like, that's not what makes them special. What makes them go is their defense. And and so that is what I think is going to be a really interesting test for North Forney is can they find a way to protect uh, their quarterback? Can they find a way to get things moving? Um, I think this game could be close. But I will also say this. I think there is about a 15% chance that Ennis absolutely blows their doors off. And then we got to start really looking at Ennis in like, uh, I mean, we already think very highly of them.
1: Obviously I mean, they're number one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah. but like,
0: then you start looking at them as like, okay, can anyone stop them? Cause right yeah. now I think what we're looking at is like Ennis Alito is a game. We'd really like to see. Maybe we give a very slight edge to Ennis, right? Maybe mm-hmm. if they go and they blow the doors off North 40, I wonder if we the start the conversation becomes a lot more <laughs> like what we have the conversation with Mart and two, a division two of like, okay, who's going to hang with them? Like who's yeah. going to give them trouble? So there's a lot on the line here as far as like perception is concerned, not only district championships.
1: And, and sure. I know there's a lot of good playoff games on Thursday night, obviously, but I if, if there's a regular season game, I'm going to be paying attention to Thursday night. It's this one. Yeah, for sure.
0: For sure. All right. I am going to go... Boy. No, we did a 6A game. Never mind. But I'm going to stay in 5A. We're going to mosey on down to Buck Stadium in Corpus Christi. 7 o'clock Thursday night. If you've got a week 13 battle of unbeatens, I'm into it. We've got two
1: on Thursday night. In this and this one. How about that? It's the
0: Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial Eagles taking on the Corpus Christi Flower Bluff Hornets and i mean let's put it this way okay um let's put it this way this i think something has got to give in this game because both of these defenses have been outstanding
1: mm-hmm.
0: um this is these are two defenses that have been absolutely electric this year and i think that for as much as we're going to talk about their offenses i think the defenses have been the real stars of the show for both vets and flower bluff and it's the reason that they're undefeated right now their defense has been great um and and i think that is going to be kind of the the question for me is who cracks the code who finds a way to find those one or two like chunk plays that are going to get the defense off kilter flower bluff Flower Bluff's got maybe the most underrated player in Corpus in Nash Vegas. He's been great. He really has quarterback
1: has been really good.
0: He's been real solid. And and he's been great. We've talked a lot about Vets' uh quarterback Carter Centerfit, and he has been up to the challenge. And the thing that I really like about this Vets team is man, it seems like they've got weapons everywhere you look. Like this is this is not um this is not one of those teams that, like, you look at the quarterback and you're like, oh, okay, well, they got the quarterback, so of course everyone around him is going to look really good. It's like, no. Like, they've got a really kind of – they've got a decent running back, right, in, in Joseph Metter. They've got a bevy of receivers, right, whether you're talking about Cameron De La Pena or you're talking about Brad Bird or you're talking about Jalen Beasley. Like, they've got a variety of different weapons around him that that, se- that center fit is just the trigger man – for a for a true
1: unit lots, like of, that, lots of versatility on that veterans offense for sure absolutely
0: and so i think a lot of this game is 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 simply put going to be i think this first quarter i wonder if this first quarter is real vanilla and I wonder if there is a lot of feeling out that goes on in this first quarter, trying to find a little weakness, poking and prodding, seeing what's going to work, seeing who's like if you can find a little bit of a weakness. Because I think this 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 strikes me as that kind of game that's 1414 at halftime and then somebody hits the Jets in the second half and wins this game, or, or maybe both teams hit the Jets in the second half, and we have a wild like finish. I could see this being a low-scoring first half and a high-scoring second half, simply because I think both these teams are going to be prodding and trying to figure out what they can do.
1: Uh, I think your point on that is really, really well taken. Because if you look at these two teams and how they match up, their district is a large district. So they, they only got to play one non-district game. And yeah. they've been so much – I mean, they've been so dominant over their district opponents that I don't think we really know how good either of these teams are uh, because they, they really haven't been pushed in, in all season, mm-hmm. in essence. Even in their one non-district game, they were pretty dominant. So – uh, I think your point about the, the feeling out in the first, first half, first quarter and a half, first two quarters is real key because I think both of these teams, I think they're try- they're going to try to figure out where they stand because they haven't, quote-unquote, been punch- punched in the mouth by somebody in a while.
0: Right. That's what's going to be interesting about this. I think this could be a w- wildly different game in the second half than in the first half. And, 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 obviously the district 15, or fifteen five five, a division one titles on the line, a lot, a lot to decide. And, and by the way, uh, as I've mentioned, take a look at five, A division one region four and, and tell me who you're absolutely sure is, uh, is the best team there. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think there's, I think there's a real argument to be made that the winner of this game uh, enters as the favorite to come out of Region Four um, in the playoffs because it is it is so wide open, right? Like maybe you have a team like Westlakeo East, right? You can dream on a team like that, but like this is this is it for me. Like this is this is this may as well be like a regional like semifinal type game because I think these two teams are that dominant in their region. So uh, yeah, so that is my pick. I'm going with Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial and Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. What is your third and final pick, Matthew?
1: I'm going to head back to Class 6A into the Little Southwest Conference as 6-2 and two, Odessa Permian takes on 4-3 and three, San Angelo Central. Uh, but you look at San Angelo Central, they're 4-0 oh in district play, and they lead uh, District 2-6A while Permian uh, comes in with a district loss to Abilene High. Um, I still think there's one more game on the schedule that's going to uh, have a say in the 2-6A title race, and that's next week when uh, San Angelo Central plays at Midland League. But I think this is almost like your quote-unquote semifinal game in a lot of ways. Um, Permian needs to win this game to at least give themselves a share of the district title. And if San Angelo wins, they get to move on to play mentally, uh straight up for the, for the uh, district championship and outright title for the, for the Bobcats. Um, Permian has to play... Um, in San Angelo, and even though the San Angelo's put in some attendance restrictions this week because of the uh, the COVID situation there, um, it's still a tough place to play. The fans from San Angelo that will be there will be very, very loud. Uh, the Bobcats have a well-known fan base. Um, and I think it's going to be a tough environment for the Panthers. Permian. Uh, last week, I was really impressed. They got their, you know, they're known as a run-first team. and They really got their their passing game going last week uh, in their 42 to 14 win over Midland High. Uh, Wide receiver Shy Stevens-Deary doesn't have the numbers that a lot of receivers have, but he's, he's averaging over uh, 33 yards a catch. He's a big play waiting to happen, and he caught two touchdown passes last week. And, you know, their running backs, Rodney Hall and Taron uh, you know, had all, almost 200 yards combined rushing. So uh, lots of balance in the Panthers in that game last week, and I think they're going to need to open it up just a little bit to keep San Angelo's defense honest because the Bobcats – you know, if Permian can't throw the ball, then San Angelo is just simply going to load the box and, and just dare them to put the ball up. Um, and I think that's going to be the key, that Harper-Terry and that Permian offense is going to have to throw the ball just a little bit to back off some of those safeties and keep them out of the box. On the other side of the ball, you look at San Angelo's offense, and, and after a really slow start since district play, they've they've really been impressive. Um, the Bobcats, uh, Malachi Brown, their quarterback, he's a three-year starter. Um He's getting it done with his arm and his legs. He's got a lot of different weapons to, to utilize. and uh, He's been setting school records this year. I know in their last outing a couple of weeks ago, he threw for six touchdown passes. Uh, but the key for St. Angelo here is this is the meaty part of their schedule now. You know, they got that nice win over Abilene High, and Abilene's turned out to be a, a playoff team from what it looks like. Uh, but now – Permian and the Midland League back to back weeks. This is where we're really going to see uh, what San Angelo Central has and what they bring to the table as, as a potential sleeper team uh, in Region 1. I like San Angelo at home. I think the home field advantage is big. Uh, it's a tough place to go in and win. And I, and I think Permian, I just don't know in, in these big games if Permian can throw the ball well enough uh, to win these kind of games against this, these kind of really tough, tough teams.
0: Yeah, it's a. <sighs> It's tough, it's tough to diagnose this because I think that this, I think this whole district, like that, that Permian win over Midland Lee really just changed the dynamic of that conference, that district, because it was real easy to slot teams before then that Mm -hmm. you're like, Midland Lee's the favorite, uh, probably Odessa Permian second, yeah, let's go ahead and slot San Angelo Central third, and then you know we'll you know we'll figure it out for fourth place, right? It's easy, but now everything got thrown in the in, into the wood chipper, and 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 now for San Angelo Central, who started the year looking
1: awful. I mean, yeah, awful. They got <laughs> I mean, they got blown that that one wall, that loss to Shirts Clemens in the open, in the second game of the year has not aged very well because Clemens no. is really struggling. They're probably going to miss the playoffs, and then you look at um shoemaker shoemaker's a good team shoemaker blew them away and then they, they lost a close one to AM and consolidated they really started the year out slow
0: yeah they did but this is a team that i think can um i think we can make some 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 noise like what you're going to find out san angelo central i think is rounding into form this is a game that the, that i think let's put it this way i think permian's better i think permian's the better team what gives me pause is the fact this game's in San Angelo. If this game were if this game were at Ratliff, I'd almost be like, yeah, I'm really comfortable picking Permian. Because, mm-hmm. you know, being at home and stuff like that. It's a long road trip. Central. Central just plays better at home. Like they just do. I don't know what it yeah. is. They just they play better at home. Um, and so that's what gives me a little bit of pause. I think this game's close. I think Permian, I I lean towards Permian in this one, but I think you're right. There's a lot on the line here. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting.
1: Yeah, Permian per- per- has lost to Abilene because they 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 beat Midland League, yeah. and they turned around the very next week and lost to Abilene High, and that really kind of threw Permian into a rough spot uh, from from a because now they have to play at San Angelo Central this week. And it, it, obviously, Abilene High is playing a lot better, and they're going to be in the playoffs. But it really, like you said, change. I, I think those defined tiers that we had after non district. I, I think the gap between one and four is a lot smaller than we originally thought.
0: So speaking of starting slow, that's, that's a segue. How about that? Let's go to my third and final pick as we go to a beautiful Lenoff Stadium in Cibolo on the north side of San Antonio for my pick. As the Cibolo Steel Knights, welcome in the Converse Jets and Rockets. Uh, in, in in a game that, like, like it's, it's so weird, man. Like, most years this is the game in San Antonio that you're like, this is for, this is for the best team in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of it is because San Antonio got the late start because they weren't able to, to, to play as many games they wanted to, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I feel like this game's flying under people's radar. And it, the other part of it is I think a lot of people looked at both of these teams because of how slow they started. And they were like, ah, well, just not their year, you know? Um, for Judson, Judson started off the year with that that really I mean DeSoto's a, DeSoto's a good team, but that's an ugly loss. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's just that's just just super disappointing loss. But they found their they've found their footing and they've rounded into form. DeAnthony Lewis is starting to look like the DeAnthony Lewis we thought he would look like. He's a star. And more importantly, I think for them is that I think their defense, specifically, like they've they've started to get after teams in the backfield. They've started to. They've started to put pressure. Nathaniel Pryor, I think their big defensive tackle, has been great. Um, yeah, it, it's been really, really good lately. They've really bounced back well. I think you can make that same argument, maybe to a less extreme uh, scenario, with Steele. Steele started off zero and two. They lost to a team from Virginia. Okay, in the opener. Yeah. And then. And then they lose to San Antonio Reagan, and I will just say that, and they lost a close one. That is a game that that's a that's a loss that's aged pretty well. Reagan's off to a really nice start. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's interesting to me is I think both like like Steel is just this is an old school Steel defense. Their team in that they're a defense first team. We'll figure out the offense when we get there. And but their offense with quarterback Wyatt Beagle has been really solid. Not not spectacular. They're not putting up forty a game. But he, he manages the game really well, and he just gets them. He puts them in a position to win. Steele's defense is, is their calling card. And so a lot of this game, I think, comes down to two things. One, can Judson establish the run against what's been an outstanding defense led by Christian Garza? And two, can Steele protect Beagle? Because if Judson's going to be living in the backfield, the game's over. Like, it's just like, it doesn't matter. A lot of their, like, they have to be able to give Wyatt Beagle a little bit of time to operate. That's a big question this one. I think this, I think this game has like 17-14 written all over it. I think this game, I think this game has a chance to be really like a low scoring slugfest, nip and tuck back and forth. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring slugfest, an old-school game. Uh, obviously, a lot on the line in this one whenever, whenever they get together. Uh, and probably... Yeah, I mean, I think you make an argument that even still, it, you could still make an argument the winner of this game is probably the best team in San Antonio, at least the big school ranks.
1: I mean... It's, it's an, up, for, up for debate. I think, I, think yeah. I don't think this year there's a clear cut. Because yeah. you're right, in past years, it's been Steel and Judson and then kind of everyone else in San Antonio, and I think that field you know, the Brennans, the Johnsons, the Reagans, the O'Connors, the Smiths and, uh, Smiths and Bally, world, yeah. they're all, they've all, even Wagner to a certain Wagner's been yeah. pretty good this year. So they've all kind of uh, stepped up and closed that gap. I, I still think this is a huge game in 27, 6, a both. These are the last two unbeaten teams in the district. So um, it's, I, I think you're right. I think the slow start for both teams kind of threw everyone un, off the radar, but I think, uh, a big win by one of these teams can immediately throw these two teams back onto the radar in, in the discussion in Region 4 and 6A Division 2.
0: So there's our draft. Step took Perlin Dawson, Shadow Creek, Ennis, North Forney, and Odessa, Permian, San Angelo Central. I took Alito and Timberview, Corpus Christi Vets, and Corpus Christi Flower Bluff, and Converse Judson and Cibolo Steel. It's now time for our Hipster Game of the Week. Matt Step, if you take my Hipster Game of the Week, I'm going to be super
1: mad. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Houston area for my oh, district week. Uh, district 26A. And it's a district title matchup as the Ridge Point Panthers take on the Travis Tigers in Fort Bend ISD. And this game has major implications, not just from a district title perspective, but from a potential playoff path uh, perspective. And the reason why is because both these teams, Ridge Point and Travis, are more than likely going Division One. Okay? the winner of this game would potentially get a much easier first round matchup. If Katie goes division two, if Katie goes division two, then that means Katie is not playing because originally, if Katie goes division one, you have Katie Tompkins and Katie going division one and Travis and Ridge point would both be significant underdogs, but with seven lakes potentially making the playoffs, uh, which you may be talking about that game in your hipster game. Uh, If Seven Lakes makes the playoffs, then I think Travis and Rich Point, the winner of this game, gets a potentially much easier, uh, much more winnable first-round playoff game against Seven Lakes. So that's why I'm keeping an eye on this game, not just because the 26A district title is on the line, but because of potential playoff positioning.
0: It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Matt Stepp, my pick, we're going down to the Rio Grande Valley.
1: Oh, you're not going I, th- I thought you were gonna take the KD Division II bowl.
0: Oh no. No, okay. no, no. That's a good game too. Yeah. Matt Step, how can I pass up the Battle of the Arroyo?
1: Ah uh, yes.
0: How can I pass up the one, two, three, four, five, 6, or fifth longest rivalry in Texas High School football and playing for the ninety eighth consecutive year. That's second most all time.
1: It's a huge game in, in the Rio Grande. It, I've been to a Battle of the Royal game, and I can tell you how much it means to those communities. It means a ton.
0: It is San Benito and Harlingen. And and so they're in a weird spot. These are district teams, but they are not – this is not a district game Yeah. That
1: so, 30, explain 32-6A to me. So, 32-6A split into zones. Um, San Benito is in the southeast zone with um, Los Fresnos and Brownsville Hanna and Brownsville Rivera. Harlingen is in the northwest zone with Har- Harlingen Harlingen South Donna North and West La Coast. So, it's not a zone game per se. It's a it's a dist- it's a it's a non district game in essence because it won't count so, towards seeding when it comes to the zone playoffs on December fourth.
0: Yes, so uh, uh, Harlingen's already won their zone, um, and so they will probably play. I think Brownsville Hannah's got to finish out. Um, I think yeah. I think if they, if they beat Rivera, then they will get this week, which they should. They um, should. Then then it'll be Hannah and Harlingen in week fifteen for the district title. Uh, but so there's nothing on the line here. But there's everything on the line.
1: Here. Oh yeah, don't 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 tell anyone. that to anybody. <laughs> yeah, because this one is yeah. This is this is a blood rivalry here. This is this is th- yeah. They, it's a lot. This is the
0: rivalry of. Texas uh, like of of the Valley like playing it was the rivalry of record in in the Rio Grande Valley Um, I think it figures to be in my opinion I think it figures probably to be a a low scoring slugfest I think both these teams defense have been really really solid Uh, you know uh, I will say that that uh I think San Benito has figured things out offensively, but they've mm-hmm. been against kind of lesser teams. Harlingen's defense has been lights stinking out this year. And, and really, that's it's, been, gonna, it's been
1: the best unit in the Valley, you know, defensive oh, unit for sure.
0: It's been great. And so that's going to make this a lot of fun. Uh, it, look, it's Harlingen San Benito. It, like it's, it's weird to even mention this to people because it's like, if you're down anywhere near the, the Valley, like you already know it's battle. Mm-hmm. Of the Royal, it's a Royal week, but like, you know, I, I might as well mention it. that's that's my quote unquote hipster game of the week is San, San Benito and Harlingen. So, there you go. Um, all right. I don't know if there's anything else we need to talk about. Is there anything else you need to tell um, me?
1: I did my road trip video. Watch my road trip video. It's not quite as insane of a road trip this week, but still, it's a good week. And I don't, I don't know if you wanted to go over the uh, Fox Southwest uh, <laughs> <laughs> Or, um, or is, well, that is that still TV? Is that still TV?
0: So I'm I'm in. As I mentioned off the top, I'm in quarantine so i will not be in the studio now they are going to vcc me in video conference me in uh and so i will be doing the show from the comfort of my own home trying to keep like in my home office trying to make sure that i don't wake up my son which is going to be an adventure
1: uh, Uh, because if you wake up hank you will have angry angry tiny wife
0: Oh my gosh! I I will be I'll be a dead man. Like I will like if you've ever wanted to see a guy get murdered on live TV, you could see uh, you can just tune in and watch that. Uh, okay, so the games that we have right now are um, Katie Engelson going to be at Pearland Dawson and Alvin Shadow Creek. Uh, Edward Egress is going to be at Alito and Timberview. Uh, Willie Pleasant is going to be at Salado and Belleville, which okay, is okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Austin Ivan's going out to Ballinger and Spearman. Uh, oh, she's Paige, going to Floyd she, Aida. she is going to Floyd Aida. Tell
1: Schnorba- no Austin there is nowhere to eat in Floyd Aida except alsops So she wants to get a okay. bite to eat Eat before the game.
0: I will have to tell her. Uh, I am extremely envious this week of Paige Schnorbach because Paige Schnorbach gets to go to the Mustang Bowl in Sweetwater to watch Wellington and Wink. Oh, yes. Um, Lauren Blackwell will be in commerce for Malakoff and Pottsboro. Okay. And our own Ashley Pickle will be in Grapevine. She gets to stay local for Kennedale and Melissa, which is a fun four-a matchup. So nice. We'll have you covering on Fox Sports Southwest. Uh, yeah, they will, they will, they will, ha- they will have to work around me not me being in the in you know. But uh, the good thing for me, the great thing for me, is that I'm going to wear like basketball shorts. Nice. Like you I'm going to wear d- basketball I'm gonna...
1: shorts anyway on set. You just wear them under the desk. Nobody can see, so, right?
0: I do. I do sometimes there are times where I have to be like, for example, with the way that we're doing scoreboard these days, where I'm kind of, they like, I do have to be where there is a chance that you can see my pants. And so I have to make sure I have suit pants on, Uh, but this week, this week, no way, man, it's going to be, it's going to be Jordan shorts on the bottom and a a suit and tie on top. So there you go. I
1: guess I'll uh, just in case no one watches the video uh, Thursday, I'll be in Bowie for holiday and SSNs consolidated Friday. I'll be at Waco ISD for Sealy and center. Uh, Saturday morning, I will be at New Braunfels Canyon and San Antonio Veterans Memorial. Saturday afternoon, I will be in Seguin for Alice and Austin LBJ. And then Saturday night, I will be at Ferris Stadium in San Antonio for Lampasas and Corpus Christi Miller.
0: And public service announcement, that Lampasas-Miller game is being streamed, right?
1: Yes, uh, our friends at Real Sports Live are streaming that, and I'm sure uh, I sent that over to Ish. So it should be on the streaming guide. So, uh, yeah, Saturday night, I can imagine there'll be a lot of people locked into that game.
0: I know what I'll be doing Saturday night. So there you go. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, Enjoy the football weekend. Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next week on Teppin' Steph.